Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Empower Apps. Before I begin, I wanted to let you know about this year's 360 iDev. It's happening from August 16th to the 19th. I spoke last year at this conference and I'll be speaking again. Of course, this year the conference is going completely online. They have a really great collection of speakers you should check out. Folks who have been on the show like Joe Chaplinski, Steve Lipton, Ariel Michelli, and more. I love this conference so much. I was able to get two tickets to give away on the show for this year's 360 iDev. Thanks again, John, for sending these out. Now, in order to win the tickets, here's what I need you to do. In the show notes, there's a link to a tweet. Reply to the tweet with your thoughts on this year's WWDC. I want to hear what your favorite talks were, what improvements in development you're looking forward to, etc. Two winners will be chosen at random based on the replies to the tweet. And then those two winners will be given a ticket to this year's 360 iDev. Again, all you have to do is reply to the tweet with your thoughts for a chance to win tickets to this year's 360 iDev. Now, for those who don't win, don't worry. Listen to the end of the show, and I will be revealing a promo code to get 20% off your ticket to 360 iDev. I'll be revealing that later at the end of the show. Thanks, 360 iDev, for your support. Definitely check this conference out. That's about it. So let's get into WWDC. We got a big episode and all the new updates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Empower Apps. I'm your host, Leo Dion. Today I am joined with Vadim Spakovsky. Hey, Vadim, how you doing? Hey, Leo. I'm fine. Thank you. You? I am good. It was a busy week last week. Um, yeah. I'm still trying to catch up on everything. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and some of the stuff you've built? Uh, yeah, okay. So I am Cocoa developer from Minsk, Belarus. I'm working on Mac applications for all my life. I worked on iOS apps as well for some time, but recently I switched to AppKit development full-time. Uh, I've got um, an application, which is named Native Connect, which is a client for the App Store Connect. And recently I joined another team of Cocoa Developer and we are building their spotlight for developers kind of application, which is named Raycast. And hopefully you will hear about this soon. And yeah, so it's nice to to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Native Connect is an awesome app. People should definitely check out. Thank we'll you. have a link in the show notes. So I wanted to get... First of all, your overall thoughts on DubDub this year. What What's just your overall like positive, negative feelings of how last week went? Well, first of all, I'd like to note that it exceeded all my expectations. As a Mac developer, especially, uh, you cannot be happier from the last week, right? Because so many announcements were related to Mac and Big Sur is a new design, something that we deserved as well. It was like long time since iOS 7 got the major redesign, right? And we needed something like this. And Mac OS 11 seems like like a great step forward for the ecosystem. They finally moved it up to 11. Um, I don't know about you, but it still says in some spots 10, 16. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really impressed that they were finally able to uh, call it Mac OS 11 after what 15 years or so. So <laughs> yeah, it's and, and it kind of deserves it with the new design and the switch over to Apple Silicon and things like that. So 
it was definitely a very Mac OS focused year um, and exactly. in a good way, I think. As somebody who develops on um, watch OS or for instance, HealthKit, there was not a lot this year and I'm okay. I'm actually okay with that. Like I think Mac OS is probably one of the OSs that could use the biggest overhaul. Well, maybe TV OS, but nobody uses the TV OS. Um, <laughs> But like watch OS, I think, but that I, I feel like is more a burden on hardware, honestly, more than software. So probably we'll hear more updates in September for the watch. But this was like a very, very, like you said, Mac OS heavy, heavy year. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, in the keynote, I don't, I don't know if anybody timed it, but it must've been at least half of the conversation was on Mac OS. Yeah. And I, I include like the redesign for Big Sur and the Apple Silicon transition as part of that. And that that was good. And it's definitely been, I think, this the emphasis on the Mac, whereas the Mac used to be so de-emphasized because of the you know humongous sales in iPhones. I think it's been coming for a while, like for two years. And it's it's nice to see the fruition of that this year. Yeah. We I must say we, we deserved it. Seriously. It's like we lacked for updates, for serious updates, for Mac for so long time. It's like, so <laughs> we are so happy. And probably, yeah, this year there are not many updates for iOS and TVOS, like you said. But yes. as we we can see now clearly that uh, this operating system are going to merge eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. So it exactly. Looks like exactly. It will pay off in the end for iOS developers as well. They will get some paradigms for Mac and we apparently get more and more design like from from iOS, which is a great thing. Like if you look into the future, this like semi-transparent and vibrant backgrounds and visual effects, they are quite nice. And having them on Mac with big rounded corners, it's 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 fantastic. I am living on Big Sur already. And I have no words. It's it's perfect. It's it's so cool. Good, good, good. What do you think of the overall? Well, first of all, let me ask: Have you ever been to WWDC? Yeah, I was in 2012. It was an amazing experience. So, what do you think of the format uh, of how they did things uh, with with the remote conference? Yeah, as everyone predicted, I'd say it was a bit unexpected. Like, yeah, we we all knew how exactly it will go. Like we will have labs, we will have sessions, we will have a keynote and so too, right? But an exact format of how you make an appointment, how you have the slabs, it was not clear in May, right? In, right. In, like until recently. And Apple had an, an event for accessibility in May and it has got different format. It had got different format. So we did not expect something like this probably. But it turned out to be quite cool. And for me, the most exciting stuff is that anyone from from any point of world could make an appointment and speak to Apple engineers. And this part, for me, was the most like exciting, I'd say. Sessions, which is like everyone is speaking about, they are precise, they are short, and they describe exactly the essence of the problem. And they have got more materials if you need links and so i believe this is a perfect format what, what do you think about this 
I really liked it. So I've never been to WWDC. My plan before everything, before the world went crazy, was to uh, save up money to actually go to San Jose this year. Um, like I had, I had a stockpile of cash. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Like, even if I don't get a ticket, like I'd go to layers or whatever, one of the alternate conferences, old conf or whatever. So it was kind of unexpected, right? That it wasn't happening. Um, so as far as somebody who's never gone, like, I really liked it. Like a, I saved a ton of cash, which is fantastic because it, it's not a pretty penny. I'm sure it isn't a pretty penny from where you are, uh, to have to, fly all the way out here for an indie developer like yeah, myself. Absolutely. Hello everyone. I wanted to let you know about this year's 360 iDev. It's running this year from August 16th to the 19th. I spoke last year at this conference and I'll be speaking again. And it has a great collection of speakers. Uh, folks you probably know from the show, like Joe Chaplinsky, Steve Lipton, Ariel Michelli, and more. 360 iDev is the premier iOS, Mac, Swift developer conference. Not only does it have a great collection of speakers, but it's a great opportunity to meet some folks online who you can connect with. For listeners of this show, you can get 20% off by using the promo code WEARESWIFT. Again, simply go to 360iDev and use the promo code WEARESWIFT to get 20% off. This is a fantastic conference with a great collection of speakers and topics. I highly recommend you check this out. So that was good, but... Yeah, the videos were just a lot tighter. They're really well done. I was really impressed. You like it's weird to have some talks that were like 10 minutes long, but I appreciate that. The it was the first time I did labs. Uh, I actually got a couple mm-hmm. of appointments to ask some questions and they were fantastic. Like say what you will about WebEx. It actually worked out really well. And they were very friendly and very helpful. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I miss is, like, seeing some of my colleagues in person. Like, that's the only thing that I miss. I I am up for a good conference where I can actually see people because I feel like I've really missed out on that and that, like, that connection with folks. So that's, like, my only complaint. So I don't know, like, next year maybe they can do this again but still have, like, alternate conferences where people can get together. Cause I don't know if you gain much by still having this massive 5,000 people conference that costs, you know, God knows how much and people have to pay for plane tickets and things like that. I don't know if you gain much out of that, that makes up for the loss in like physically seeing people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of talk about this recently. Like George Chaplinsky, yeah. I believe started it with his rant about, we miss these offline talks, new connections that we make. Uh, you know, I don't live in the United States. Right. And I can say you, like tell you, this is this was so special to be included into this VR Labs. It cannot be underestimated. I don't understand that folks miss these events. And yeah, I don't understand this. But please, like, appreciate our state people of who don't have, like, American visa, probably, and for whom... This trip, it's so expensive. Uh, it's not even about money, but it's like it's half of your year in terms of planning. Like you have to prepare like in advance. You need to find like some expensive place to stay. It's it's not just go. That's it. And you have to win lottery as well. And the lottery for me, for instance, it was a problem for some years. At least I tried and I applied for some years. Did you apply every year into the lottery in order to get a ticket to Dub Dub? Every second year, I'd say. It's like not all the years. Okay, okay. 
So 2012 was the only year that you actually won and got in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive. Like that's, that's a lot of money. Like even for a U.S. person like me, like I can't imagine what it'd be like. And then, yeah, like you said, with the visa and all that stuff, that's another, another headache to deal with. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like smaller conferences are better for the networking anyways than dub dub. Like I feel like dub dub's way too many people to connect with necessarily. So like part of me doesn't necessarily like, I'd like to see people, but I don't feel like dub dub might be the, might not necessarily be the best way to do that. If that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the different topics I wanted to cover today. And I want to start with the lighter load uh, first before we get into the heavier stuff. So let's first start off with uh, iOS. So the big improvements on iOS, basically it seems like they were the, the widgets and app clips, yep. right? Have you installed iOS 14 yet? No, honestly, no. Okay. Uh, I am extremely happy that it can be installed on my iPhone. I have that small screen iPhone SE. I'm so happy with it and cannot leave it back. Okay. But it can be installed, but yeah, <laughs> I did not. I have not yet. Usually I go with iPhone since Seed 3, Seed 4, and macOS since Seed 1, something like that. Okay. So I installed 14 on everything but my main iPhone. So basically I have like two iPads and an iPhone SE and it's like, we'll get into the iPad and it's fine. I don't feel super, usually every year I'm pretty, uh, I install the OS is pretty early, especially because of the dependency on watch OS. But since there really isn't a lot on watch OS, um, I just don't feel the need to like update my primary stuff this year. So like as far as widgets and app clips, the big thing I'm hearing is that this is what Android has had for a while, both of these features, and they're finally bringing them into the iOS space. What's what's your overall thoughts on widgets and app clips? Yeah, recently I noticed a tweet uh, about from from Helge from Germany, and he reminded us that now. You can build something using JavaScript even, and it reminds closely the Tiger's dashboard from like 15 years old era, right? <laughs> so it's even deeper. Like we are going to that like a lot of small widgets and they could be built by all developers. Like there is no need to to do something special. Like you can have so many simple things on your screen, right? which is, yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's useful. Like the home screen has just gotten a little bit dated after a while. Like I loved, I love being able to just go to my today screen and like look at battery and weather and all that stuff and see what the heck is going on. And I think it is actually useful. I like the way that you can like now organize the apps a lot easier. I forgot what Federighi called it, but like the the way you can categorize apps and things like that. Yeah, app, app library. Yes, thank you, app library. I think it's useful. What do you think about this? Like, I mean. He's right, though. Like, when you get to the fourth or fifth screen on your home, like, you're barely going to remember that stuff. I usually just end up searching. Like, I might have one or two screens that I use, and then everything after that is pretty much just, like, stuff that I'm going to search for. So I see how it could be. So there's a couple of things. Like, app discoverability and user engagement, I think, are super important. And so there are advantages with widgets that I think like there's a lot to widgets that I feel like they basically borrowed from watch complications, both right. in the API, but also in the user interface. 
And so I think that there's ways that app developers can really take advantage of those in order to increase user engagement. And I also think that's the same with app clips. I think app clips makes a lot of sense. Uh, when we had Alex on, like he was telling me about instant apps on Android, which is basically the same thing. And like, I think that the idea that you need to download like this whole app for the one story you go to for five minutes that you're never going to go to again, just is ridiculous. And so I really well, as a user, I'm definitely welcoming app clips. And I think it's a other great way businesses can like, really take advantage of app store and make it convenient to the users as opposed to just like, you got to go to the app store. You have to download our special app, use it for five minutes and then delete it. It's like, doesn't make a lot of sense. So app clips make a lot of sense. What, what are your thoughts, I guess, on it? I, I like the idea very much. It's, it's brilliant. And just in time, right. We have like great connections now. And I mean, like mobile connection is so great that there is no need to install something on your home screen. Right. And it's much easier and much more convenient to have this, like to try it immediately and leave it on your on your iPhone if you if you need it if you really need it. So yeah. My question about like app clips I had on Twitter was like, can I like I'm pretty stingy on how much cell data I use. Like I don't usually let my phone download apps unless I'm on Wi-Fi. Like I'm wondering if there's a way I can set up app clips so that app clips can download on data sell mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like apps still are restricted to wi-fi like i'd like that ability because like these app clips what is the max like 10 megs which is totally reasonable yeah like that i don't mind but i don't want to have to download a whole app on my my data connection so i'm curious if that if there's a way i can set that up in settings i'll see when i actually put 14 on my primary phone but yeah i think as developers i could see people complaining about it and have, thinking about a headache but as a user like it makes total sense yeah, I agree. If you want your app to succeed, there's never been a better time to read up on App Store optimization. And App Figures provides that just for you. As I've mentioned before, they have all these great articles and guides on App Store optimization, and you can check them out and help improve your ASO. Lately, they've also started doing teardowns of specific apps like Spotify, for instance, and show exactly how they're utilizing ASO to get the best possible download results. You can take a look at their resources page at appfigures.com resources. You can also take a look at the link in our show notes below. Try App Figures for free, and if you like it, use our special code EMPOWER3030 to get 30% off for the next three months and increase your download numbers. Again, use our special code EMPOWER3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. Thank you, App Figures, for sponsoring our show. Did you watch any of the videos on widgets or app clips? Uh, not yet, to be honest. Okay. I checked some articles yeah. how how to make them. It's quite a nice concept and in technical terms as well. I've watched a lot of videos in those in those spaces and then like... Um, but yeah, I think widgets look a lot like watch complications based on what I've seen. I have no experience with watchOS development. I'm sorry. So You're forgiven. You're like most people. Don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll just get into watchOS briefly. But like, I guess you could do SwiftUI. We're seeing more SwiftUI stuff in watchOS with SwiftUI complications. Um, that's really about it. At the same time, I want to cover health real quick. Apparently, you can customize your dance 
which is, you know, great, I guess, <laughs> which is really interesting. A lot, there, there seems to be a lot of like under the hood mobility stuff that they've added to like watch OS and iOS. So that'll be interesting to see. I watched one of the videos about increasing mobility and how like they talk about like, uh, especially with physical therapy, how they're trying to be a little mm-hmm. bit more catering to that space, which is really interesting. There was a video on synchronizing health kit data I watched, but it was pretty much I. We there was one article on my wish list that I'd shared about, um, like if there was a way you can share health kit data between different operate like devices. Well, that video didn't really answer the question because it was basically more about being concerned about privacy and how you share health kit data in your own database. So there's really a not, right, right, not right. new stuff there. So that's. That's pretty much it with watch OS sharing watch faces, I guess. Hopefully that'll increase watch app downloads. We'll see, but I don't have a lot more to add to that. So let's jump into iPad OS. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on the improvements on the iPad? So uh, I'm happy that there's not much like new features, <laughs> not many new features. Uh, of course, I enjoyed the search feature, which is spotlight that we love in Mac OS and it looks so nice and implementation is so wise. So let's see how it's adopted. So what's the, what are the changes in Spotlight on the iPad as opposed to what's already been there as far as like if I do – like I've, I've used the search functionality on the iPad quite a bit because I have a keyboard hooked up and I've done like you know mm-hmm. alt space. What's different from in 13 to 14 and how Spotlight or search is implemented? It's like it's in-app experience. Unlike before, like it was, like as, as I understand, it was blurred the background, and then you could type something and see results. Now it's more like compact that form of results. It's okay. like, it reminds macOS, and it must be more useful, I believe, design wise. Okay, it seems like that's a big trend this year. It is minimizing things that take over the whole screen. Because uh, so it sounds like Spotlight is doing this, but also we see that with phone calls. Finally, I know we call it the iPhone, but we barely use it to do phone calls on it. So let's just be on. We're finally honest about that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the Siri too, right? Siri only takes up part of the screen when you're doing a Siri call. Yeah, it's kind of in-app experience, which is quite nice. Right, like they finally, you know, it feels like such an outdated. UI or UX mechanism to have a thing take over the whole screen. So it sounds like they're doing the same thing with Spotlight then on the iPad, right? Yeah, yeah. They do unify interfaces for sure. It's like yes, it's slowly, but with each and every release, we get these features which intercept into each other, which is a nice trend, in my opinion. Do you like this trend? How would you? I do. Like, I guess my worry is that they go the Windows route (laughs) and, like, unify it way too much to where it's a little bit ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. This is what they they criticize Windows for this, right? Exactly. Right, and rightfully so. Like, now, having said that, I mean, people still love using their Windows with touch and with the keyboard. Like, services are pretty successful, right? So... Yeah, so I guess we'll see. Like, I think there's a lot of talk about touch coming to the Mac, but we'll see how that goes. Exactly. Uh, have, sorry, may I ask, like, have you been in that position, like, when you, you're you trying to touch your Mac screen at least once in a while? If you switch between iPad and Mac, 
I do it from time to time. Like I just try to top it. So maybe yeah. If I use my iPad for like, so I have a I have a rig set up with my iPad Pro with a keyboard and stuff. And if I am on my iPad quite a bit, and then I start coming back to the MacBook Pro, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be touching the screen and I'll like slap my head because I realize how silly that is. So it makes yeah. sense after all. But we'll see. Yeah. It's it's a long it's a long journey, right? Yeah, my uh, three year old, uh, he's used to like the iPad interface, and he's he's touched my MacBook Pro and tried to scroll with it, and I'm like, no, 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 this is a MacBook. So I think it's like same here. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like a lot. I think it's a natural way to do things. Like scrolling, especially, is where touch could be convenient. I just I'm a big fan of the keyboard, so like I like I like things that work really <laughs> well with a keyboard. I watched the speaking of which I watched that video about supporting hardware keyboards. It was pretty good. Um, it's unfortunate. He never fixes the Rubik's cube. So that, that was spoiler <laughs> alert, but like, I think like that's where I wish there would be more emphasis on the iPad is like keyboard support. Uh, before we close out on the iPad, I want to say scribble is awesome. Uh, do you have a, do you have an iPad with a pencil? Uh, without a pencil. I can imagine oh, how awesome it is. It is so cool. But I don't write on my iPad, to be honest. I'm like, for me, it's such a consuming device. Right. I cannot imagine that I bring my pen all the time, like, and <laughs> type something this way. I was playing with it with the kids, and it, it is very cool. Like, the shape um, stuff where it recognizes the shape and straightens it out for you is fantastic like i am now inclined i'm very inclined now to use the notes app much more often so yeah yeah yeah. um and then uh, there's a couple of other things i wanted to talk about with the iphone uh so we got picture in picture on the iphone which is fantastic unfortunately i feel like the youtube app is never going to support it so that kind of (laughs) sucks because youtube is a pain in the neck what else do we have on here app library we talked about that default app oh default apps default apps finally have you tried? No, you haven't. Yeah, you haven't installed iOS fourteen, have you? No, no, I haven't. Sorry. Okay, so yeah, we finally have default apps, so that's pretty cool. Well, Vidim, that was a lot um, to go over with WWDC this year and iOS. Let's return in our next episode and go even more deep. Uh, do it more of a deep dive into uh, Xcode and macOS. How does that sound? Perfect. Yeah, I cannot wait. Like, awesome. I'm excited about. Xcode so much <laughs> and about Mac, Mac, which is like no changes is a, is the best change. Like they polished it. It's much better Xcode than last year, in my opinion. Cool. All right. Well, let's do that then. Uh, thank you folks for joining us for this episode. And we look forward to talking to you next time. You can find me on Twitter at Leo G Dion. Uh, Vadim, where can people find you on Twitter? I am Vadim Spakovsky on Twitter. And basically this is my online presence. You're kind of welcome. (laughs) Awesome. We'll talk to you next time. See you later. See you.